Hallelujah. I, I don't know how many of you have been keeping up with the news, but there have been a lot of things going on in our world and uh, a lot of things happening that have affected our country uh, over the last few days, Sunday night, uh, the uh, capturing and evidently the uh, taking out of Osama bin Laden uh, has made a lot of people happy. Uh, but now our news media is trying to assault and assassinate uh, the people that uh, uh, have tried to help make our world safer. And I don't, I'm not here to debate one way or the other, but we live in times where it doesn't matter what happens, somebody is going to try to find fault in it, and they're going to try to find a way to undermine what's happened. And so you better know what it is that you face. You better know what it is you have hold of, and you better know what it is that you believe, because everything, the Bible says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And that uh, is more so of the, the people of faith than any, anybody else. Uh, we live in those uh, times when uh, things are just... Uh, they're, they're in a topsy-turvy, and we don't know from one day to the next how things are going to turn out. This I do know. God has a plan, and there is going to be an end to it all. And when that end comes, I want to be with Him. Amen. And this good book tells me how to do that. It tells me how to be born again so that I can get into a relationship with Him. And I am born again of the water and the Spirit. I am born again when I repent and I am baptized and I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then it tells me how to live a life that is consistent with that kind of experience. And when I do that, there is a promise of life beyond this life. And that's what I'm most interested in tonight. Amen. I want to live on. How many of you want to live on? I don't want to, I don't want this to be the end. If some people say that hell is just going to be an annihilation of all things, which I don't believe, but if it were uh, just the end of all things, I don't want my life to end that way when there is an option, when there is an eternity that is spoken of as joy and peace and it is spoken of as a place where a lot of things are not present. You know, I read something the other day about terminology, words, and how they change uh, as time goes on. And words in one uh, century, uh, they, they have different meaning in another century. But there are some words that are not consistent with a place called heaven. There are some words that find no identity in that place. One of them is pain. He said there would be no more pain. I kind of like the idea of going somewhere where there is nothing in that place that can identify with, with that experience. And so it's not there. The reason we have words is because those words are a part of the world we live. They're a part of the culture that we live in. But... In that place called heaven. The Bible said there is no pain. He said in that place he would wipe away all tears. There 
will be nothing in heaven of which tears can identify. There will be nothing there that will that will have any kind of connection. I kind of like that place. I've, cri- I've cried a few tears in this world. I, I've had my heart broken and I've been disappointed. But there's a place that God has prepared for us. And he has prepared for those that are faithful and those that watch for his coming where there will be no more tears. Woo! I can get excited about that. There will be nothing. Think about that. Think about all the things that's made you cry in this world. People lied to you. People cheated you. People double-crossed you. People turned their back on you. People walked away from you. What? Think about, I mean, that's just a few, but you have your own experiences of things that have crushed you and made you cry. But there's a place. There's a place that God has prepared. The Bible said it comes down and it's four square. That means it's perfect. And I mentioned this the other Sunday. Four is the number of completion. And so when it talks about it being four squared, there's nothing in that place that is missing. There's nothing that God didn't think about. Well, there is some things he didn't think about. And pain is what he, he said. That doesn't belong here. Tears. They're, they're not going to find anything in this place. There's not going to be anything there to crush. There's not going to be anything there. To, nobody's going to walk away from you. Nobody's going to cheat on you. Nobody's going to lie on you. Nobody's going to... Uh, 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 slander you nobody's going to be mean to you there I kind of like to go right now amen some of, some people are afraid of that but I'm, I'm not I, I'm looking forward to going to a place where things that I've known in this life are not ever going to be known again amen no more disappointment my no more disappointment There's nothing there that can identify. So there's no need to use that word. Let down. There's nothing there that's going to let you down. So there's no reason. I mean, we don't use words that don't relate to our life experience. So in heaven, go back and read the book of Revelation chapter 21 and read what he says will not be there. No more night. No more night. And that's not just talking about just the, the dark time of, of the day when the sun goes down. But even if it's that, it's just one eternal day. But it speaks of a time when there will be no more darkness. No more evil. No more, no place for evil to hide. And the Bible said Jesus spoke about people that their ease were evil, were evil, Because they love the darkness more than they love light. So there's things that go on in darkness that won't happen necessarily in the light. And heaven is a place where there is no night. And so there's not anything going to go on up there. Nobody's going to accost you up there. Nobody's going to rob you up there. Nobody's going to steal your hubcaps or your tires or nobody's going to invade your mansion nobody's going to break in and burglarize your 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 place that god's prepared doesn't that make anybody want to go to heaven doesn't that make you want to live a life that will be consistent with what is necessary to get you to that place 
He said there's no liars there. All liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. So there's no liars there. How many of you have ever been lied to before? But there's not going to be anything in heaven, in that place where God has prepared for us, for his people. And I say us because I'm believing that we're all going to go. At least that's what I'm praying for. That's what I've been trying to preach for for the last 18 years to help get people to heaven. And there will be no more lying. No more untruths. There will be nobody, there will be no more Monday morning quarterbacks that will second guess whatever is done. <laughs> Woo! That kind of, I, I just, I feel like I need to go right now. It's a wonderful place. And I like, <clears throat> it says something else. And I, I've often gone back to it for those <clears throat> who have suffered physical infirmities in this life. <clears throat> my dad, all, all my, my adult and my childhood, my dad only had one eye. Never bothered me, never, never was an issue until I got older. And it wasn't an issue, it was just kind of a curiosity. And my dad, I used to say, Dad, what, what happened to your eye? I mean, he, he would never, never talk about it. And I said, does that ever bother you? He says, why? I can see twice as good as you do. I see, I, I see twice as much as you do. I'm only get, I'm, I've only got one eye, but I see and just kind of laughed it off. But the Bible speaks about in heaven, he's going to make all things new. He's going to make everything new. So that father of mine who has already passed on to his reward, when I see him on the other side, I'm going to see him in a way I never saw him here on this earth. Amen. My daughter who suffered a brain hemorrhage at the age of 11 and has been partially paralyzed on her left side since that time. She's 30 years old. When we get to heaven, I'm going to see arms move that I haven't seen move since she was 11 years old. Brother Steve, there's going to be a hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why would anybody not want to go? Why would anybody jeopardize being able to go to a place by, by being rebellious or stubborn? Or Why would anybody want to live a life that was inconsistent with what God would say and miss that kind of place. Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. I hadn't really intended on preaching that. I've got about ten sermons up here right now, but that's I feel the Lord right now. Amen. I think we better get heaven ready. I said we better get heaven ready. Because we are living in the end time. I it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that the, la the end of time is upon us. If you know anything about the Bible and you read the Bible any, you will find that things that the Lord prophesied and spoke were going to happen are happening right now. All of these diverse storms that have shaken our country over the last few weeks, I, I believe, are direct evidence of what he said was going to happen. If you don't, I, turn with me to the book of Luke. And uh, 
let me just uh, read to you what, what he says there. Luke chapter 21 and verse number 25. Uh, Jesus gives a, uh, he, he describes the landscape of the last days. In, in chapter 21 and verse number 25, he said, And there shall be signs in the sun. Recently, uh, we have been made more aware, though those things perhaps have been going on for a while. I read a report recently that uh, solar disturbances were on the rise. And it used to not probably be an issue, but now that we have cellular phones and we have all of this wireless capability, they say that those cellular storms that take place on the sun, those solar storms that take place there, they emit power and radiation that disrupts the airwaves. And they've, they've even made announcements recently that, that there's going to be the possibility of communication issues because of what's happening on the face of our sun. And the Bible, Jesus said almost 2,000 years ago, that one of the characteristics of the end time would be a disturbance, an increased disturbance in the sun. That things were going to happen to that gigantic ball of fire that were going to be different than anything that had really taken place prior. And the report that I read just a few weeks ago said that there was an increase in solar activity and they were anticipating for it to get worse Rather than get better. He said there will be things going on in the sun. There will be signs in the sun and in the moon. It was just a few weeks ago that the moon was at, at a stage and it was at its largest. And they were talking about how it was going to affect our planet. Now I don't know if, it, if you felt any effect. I, I, don't, I just know the people that study that, that most don't even believe in God and have denied that there is a God, have witnessed to the fact that almost 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, there's going to be things going on with the moon. There's going to be disturbances even with that part of the solar system. And in the stars, there were going to be anxieties and stress, signs in the stars. And he said... And upon the earth, everybody say upon the earth. Upon the earth, he said, there's going to be distress of nations. You tell me right now, a country in the world, I don't mean in, 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 in the neighborhood, but a country in the world that is not experiencing some kind of turmoil. Mexico. They've got drug war going on that nobody can bring to an end. Central America, there's as much guerrilla warfare going on down there because of the drug trade. South America, there are governments that are unstable. They're abusing humanity. Africa, there's more stuff going on on the continent of Africa right now than we can even keep up with, especially North Africa, where there is revolt and rebellion and all kind of chaos. Turkey, you go to Asia, China, all of the countries of the world are feeling something going on. There is the, there is a feeling of distress in our world like I've never seen before. There's a feeling among those 
people that are in power that they don't know what they're going to do next. They don't have an answer. Sounds to me like it would be a good time for the Antichrist to show up who has the answer or seems to have the answer to all problems. And that's what the Scripture said was going to happen. That was the scenario that was painted of the end time. He said there's going to be upon the earth distress of nations and with perplexity. I think I understand the word perplex. It means you don't know what to do. And magnify that a hundred times. And the sea and the waves roaring. We've had more tsunamis. We've had more storm issues over the last few years than we've had in the last decade. And they are continuing to mount. All of those things, he said, are going to be descriptive of the landscape. This is what the world is going to look like in the end time. Verse 26, he said, men's hearts failing them for fear. For fear. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Even those that don't even believe in God. They know something is going on and they admit something is going on that is cataclysmic. And we have no idea the ramifications of it. We don't even know how it's all going to wind up. We just know that there's something going on in our world right now that is unprecedented. Unprecedented. He said that's going to be the description of the landscape in the hour. And he said for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And you read just that far in Scripture, you can be overwhelmed and disappointed and discouraged and fearful. And you can go home tonight and lose a lot of sleep. And maybe some of us need to lose some sleep until we get our heart in the place where we don't have to fear. If all those things come to a head tonight and the Lord said, Gabriel, get that trumpet and sound it, that we would be ready to go. But the Bible doesn't leave me without hope. The Bible doesn't leave me with this depressed feeling that all these bad things are happening and there's no answer to it. He said, I'm going to give you the answer. I'm going to tell you what to do. And then shall you see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass... When these things, he jumps back the previous verse, those things that I was talking about, the failing of hearts, all of the distress upon the world, the signs that in the sun and the moon, the stars, all of the fear, all of the anxiety, all of the perplexities. When you see those things begin to come to pass, then look up. Amen. Lift up your heads for your redemption. Draweth nigh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every day our eyes need to be lifted even higher. Lord, today could be that day. Today could be that day. And we need to live in such a way that we can do that. Amen. We need to live in such a way that we're not afraid. That we, that if the Lord were to come tonight, I wouldn't be ready to meet Him. Amen. There's no reason for that. No reason to be that way. There's no reason 
to feel that way when God said, I've given you time and opportunity. Take advantage of it. Wednesday night, good time to get ready for the Lord's coming. Wednesday night's a great time to get ready for the Lord's coming. As a matter of fact, I received the Holy Ghost on a Wednesday night, if I remember correctly. Just one of those services when most people discount it and don't even count it as part of church. They, you know, everything happens on Sunday, but that's when God put His Spirit in me. Wednesday night Bible study is a great time to let the heart be absorbed with the purpose of God and say, you know what, God? I don't want to jeopardize my walk. I don't want to jeopardize my future. I, I kind of like that place he's talking about where there are no tears and where there is no pain and where there is no separation and division, where there is no loneliness, where there is no misunderstanding. I, I, look, I, I like that kind of place. God, help me to be ready. Let my heart be clean. Let my motives be pure. God, if there's anything in my life tonight that would hinder me, if that trumpet were to sound right now, if there's anything that would hinder me from being able to respond to that sound, I want to deal with it right now. I, I want to, God, I want you to forgive me. I want you to cleanse me. If there's fear there, Lord, what's the purpose? What's the, what, what's the reason for the fear? And if there's something that you've done that needs to be fixed, then get it fixed. Listen, folks, I don't know of one injustice that's happened to us in this world that's worth being lost over. Amen. I don't know of anything that anybody's ever done to you or to me that's worth missing heaven over. Somebody cheated you. Somebody lied on you. Don't hold a grudge. I don't know of any grudge that is worth being lost over. I've never, as a matter of fact, most grudges that I've heard people tell me about after I've listened for a little while, I just think, you know what? If you only realize how foolish you sound, you wouldn't even be talking to me right now. Because the only person that that grudge is hurting is you. That other person don't even have a clue that you're mad. And here you are living in a hell, miserable all the time, can't sleep at night, can't do your job during the day because you're absorbed. You say, Brother Hughes, is somebody like that here? I don't know. But if you are, there's no reason to stay that way. There's no reason to continue that way. you got jealousy issues. There's nothing in this life worth being lost over some foolish jealousy issue. The fact is that when we stand at Calvary, we stand on level ground. There's no big I, little you. And when we stand in the presence of the Lord, we're all going to be covered by the same blood. So none of us are going to be able to boast and say, I got here because of me. I got here because I was just a good man. I got here because I was just, I just had it together. We're all going to be there by the grace of God. We're all going to be there by the mercy of God. We're only going to be there because the blood covered us and protected us. Why would anybody in their right mind jeopardize a place called heaven? I preached to this church many months ago. I may need to come back and dig it out and re-preach it. The tears of Jesus. I've read that story and I have looked at that and researched and listened to what other preachers have said and everybody, almost all the commentaries and 
And most everybody I've ever heard preach about the tears of Jesus said that it was speaking about the compassion of the Lord. But I want to tell you what God gave me a revelation about that a while back. Those were not just tears because of uh, of a friend that had died. Why would he cry about a friend dying when he knew that in just a matter of minutes he was going to live again? I'll tell you why he wept. Because he saw where Lazarus was. And he was past pain. He was past disappointment. He was past hurt. He was past misery. He was past all of the things that had disappointed him in this life. And he was having to call him back from that place to this world that's still filled with all of that. Now, folks, if that's true, and I believe it is true, heaven must be one awesome place. If it is so powerful that it would move the very Lord of glory to have to, it pained him to have to bring Lazarus back to this life. But there were some folks that needed him back here. And there were some people that needed to know he could bring them back from there. And so he brought him back. But he didn't do it without tears. What were those tears? They may have been about sympathy. I'm not saying they weren't. But I am telling you that I believe the greatest source of those tears was where he knew he was having to bring him back from. Thinking, oh, my friend. Oh, Mary and Martha, if you only knew, you wouldn't be wanting me to do what I'm doing right now. If you only knew, you wouldn't be begging me. If you only knew where he was right now, you would want to go with him. You would want to be there too. So if heaven is that incredible, if it's that awesome, if it's that unbelievably great and more than words can describe, why would anybody let anything get in the way of you going there? Don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything derail you. Don't let anything turn you from one side to the other. You don't have to be afraid of what's happening. I called somebody the other day, and they were just panicked about what was going on. I thought, do you have the, do you, do you have the Holy Ghost? Do you have any Holy Ghost in you today? What are you afraid of? This is good news for a person that believes the, what the Bible said. Oh, brother, I don't know what we're going to do. Man, financial collapse. You know what? It is going to collapse. I'm telling you, you don't even have to. I, I, I could be the greatest predictor of all times. I could beat any of them. The Wall Street that we know is going to crash. My old pastor used to tell me there would come a day when they would throw money in the street because it wouldn't be worth the paper it was printed on. And I've lived to see that day. The, the value of the dollar is less today than it's been and I don't know how long. Maybe forever. And people put all their confidence. If I can just get a little more money, if I can just get a little this, you know what? Get all you can get, but it's not going to get you anywhere. It's just good for this world. I've never seen anybody. I've never seen one person. I've never seen a millionaire die. And behind the hearse, they were pulling this vault with all of his wealth. Folks, when you die, it's gone. That's why you better use it while you got it. Amen. You better enjoy it while you have it because it's not going to mean anything in, in heaven. It, you're not going to be able to buy, sell, trade. 
You, you, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, I'm not saying don't work. I'm just saying that as you're working, just understand what it is. It's just good for this life. And he did say occupy till I come. So we don't want to be laggards and sluggards and lazy and, and good for nothing and living off the land. We want to do what we can, but listen and understand me when I tell you that when the end comes, you're not taking one stock with you. You're not taking one bond with you. You're not taking one dollar. You're not taking one gold piece. You're not taking one ounce of anything from this world with you because you won't need it there. I mean, your father owns the mansion. What do you need money for? And the streets are paved with gold. And the walls are jasper. And the gates. Can you imagine the oyster that produced that one pearl? And there's 12 of them. Do you realize how many problems had to be over? You know what that is? You know what a pearl is? It's just an irritation that was overcome. It was just a problem. And so God lines the gates of that city with pearls just to remind you there's nothing you can't overcome. I can make a gate, one gate out of one pearl. Look, just imagine that that horseshoe had to be big as this building. And that problem had to be bigger than that. But he just kept working on it and working on it and working on it. And so when I walk through the gates of that city, I am going to walk through troubles that have been overcome. I'm going to walk through disappointments that's been overcome. I'm going to walk through problems that's been overcome. I'm going to walk through shortcomings. I'm going to be able to laugh at them when I walk through and say, Oh, you thought you were going to destroy me. You thought you were going to tear me down. You thought you were going to ruin my life. But I'm just a testimony here today that that pearl represents my life and I am an overcomer I'm here to tell you right now there's nothing in all this world worth missing a place like that for amen I feel a preacher in this place right now anybody here want to go to heaven tonight praise God let's lift our hands to him right now and let's thank him for the promises that he has given us in the midst of the chaos and the confusion and the turmoil, all of the troubles of our life, there's some place, there, there's a place that you have prepared. Oh, hallelujah. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I love that. He said, I, in my father's house are many mansions. The word in the Greek is room. In my father's house are many rooms. And I go to prepare you a place. Sister Jones, Brother Jones is already there rejoicing in that room. And we're going to get to join him before too long. And, and we're, we're going to all have one. He made one for you, Brother Mike. He made one for you, Brother Jay. He made one for everybody that has put their name down in that land book of life. He's put it there. He said, I have prepared a mansion. And in that mansion, there's room for anybody that wants to come. Praise God. I like going to places that are prepared to receive me.
Amen. Anybody here like going to places that are prepared to receive you? Let's stand together. I remember going on a vacation of a lifetime. We had saved up points years ago from credit cards and all kinds of good stuff. And I had enough to pay for our airfare and trip and all of almost all of the expenses of the trip. And I'll never forget when we got there, when we got into the room, there was this basket of fruit that welcomed me. They were prepared for me. A little while later, the phone rang and a concierge called. I don't know if you know what that is. It took me a while to figure it out too, but that's one of your personal butlers, that kind of thing, you know. And she said, I want you to come down. And there was this one lounge that was exclusively for where our room was. And we go down and she takes us through. She said, now listen, if you need to, if, if you need to plan a golf trip, you just call me. I'll take care of it. You want to go on a shopping outing? You just call me. I'll help take care of where you need to go. If you need transportation, you don't, don't worry about that. I've got it taken care of. If you need something to eat, these snacks are here in the morning and they're here in the evening and you can come. You don't have to pay for them. They're all inclusive. You just let me know what I can do to make your trip more enjoyable. Folks, I've never had anybody like that. I've never had anybody talk to me. My wife doesn't talk to me like that. One guy, he used to just sit there with his hand crooked like that, and his wife knew what that meant. It means another cup of coffee. I've done that before. But they were ready for me. They were prepared. That's what heaven's going to be like. Prepared. I don't know. Maybe my mind's just going wild. I must have drank something today that just... Maybe, I don't know, but maybe he's just going to send one of his angels by and say, Okay, I'm here to take care of whatever you need, Sister Wyvette. You want to go shopping? You want to go to the spa? You want to have your pedicure? You, you know, I don't know what all God's... I just know that God has prepared a place. And if he's taken all of the pain to prepare it, I sure would hate to miss it. I don't want to miss it, and I don't have to miss it. Amen. Reach over and grab somebody by the hand and ask them, Are you hungry to go to that kind of place?